Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Beef. Uh, this week, we've got a U.S. sports special with the one and only John Renee from Boston. John, how are we getting on? Fantastic. Weather finally got nice here. Uh, John, we got to kick off. First of all, it's been a, it's been a couple of months since we've chatted. Um, I haven't seen you since I had to send two coats and your debit card after you to Boston after you you left London after my wedding. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was a little worse for wear. I'm not gonna lie. Hopefully, that is an indicator of how much fun you had. Oh, absolutely! I had an absolute blast. Uh, <laughs> You know, it was it was a fantastic weekend. Uh, lots of dancing, shouting, drinking, and revelry. Got a little uh, got a little culture. I stuck in there at the British Museum and um, got to, got to do some bowling. Oh, it was just it was it was a fantastic trip all around. Good man. Um, so the let me get this straight. The weather has turned good in Boston. It's like 28, 29 degrees. The Bruins and Celtics are still alive in the playoffs. The Red Sox are on top of the American League in the early going. It's all all coming up Beantown. It is. It is. April was a hell of a month. Um, the, the marathon weather was the worst it's been in decades, but uh, it actually led to the first American woman winning the race in 25-plus years, um, which was an unbelievable event uh, and, and just great for the city on, on the you know, fifth anniversary of, of the marathon bombing. Um, so it was, it was a hell of a month of April, and, and going into May, things look good. You know, I think that the, the only sort of question marks were, were the Patriots draft, um, some, some picks that, that left a few people scratching their head. But all in all, uh, things are fantastic in B-Town. Yeah, so let's get into the uh, let's get into the NFL draft. Um, full disclosure: I watched an absolutely outrageous amount of, of draft coverage this weekend. Um, it really sucks you in. Like it's kind of like it's the U.S. sport equivalent of cricket. I think it's like it goes on for hours and hours and hours. Not much happens, but there's just enough to keep your attention. You don't have to pay complete attention to everything. You can just let it kind of like wash over you. It's like watching a cycling race or like or like cricket. Um, but even better than that, my wife enjoys watching it as well so, uh, for, I think, more sinister reasons than, than me, namely slagging people's suits and, uh, and like the crazy uh, phrases that Mike Mayock has when he's describing players, like they're good in a phone box or they're like a heavy-legged knee bender. Um, and my personal favorite of his when he call he calls people out for having great length, which is like I don't know what he's getting up there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a spectacle. Quite, it is. It's a, it's you know the, everything from the the fact that they did it in uh, you know Cowboy Stadium this year. Um, you know Jerry World. Uh, you know, Goodell coming on the stage with, with the former Cowboys and, and getting booed, uh, which was fantastic. Um, you know, the, just the, the two brothers that went in the first round, Lamar Jackson slipping all the way to the end of the first round, the, the drama around Baker Mayfield. It was incredibly captivating. And, and, and to the point where I, I had a lot of buddies. I mean, it was the, the, the Celtics were, were playing in the playoffs simultaneously. The Sox had a game that was closed late. But everybody on my text chain kept gravitating back to the draft. 
Um, usually people just sort of pay attention to what the Patriots were doing, but this was this was a unique year, and the spectacle just grows. And the NFL does, does a hell of a job of uh, making it a scene. Yeah. Let's let's um, let's unpack some of that then. Like Goodell, it wasn't just when he first arrived out on stage; he got booed like roundly throughout. I, there was uh, maybe it was a different. Maybe people had different tickets. Like maybe you just go for one day. So like it felt like the second and third round people on Saturday were just as bad when he was when he appeared on stage. Um, but in his defense, or maybe somebody had a word with him about the length of time he spent hugging. The early draft picks, because this was one thing that jumped out last year. He'd like have a ten or fifteen second hug with someone on stage, and it was just like it was like yeah. like he was trying to like capture some reflected glory or something. It was really inappropriate, frankly. Like it was just <laughs> yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I wonder what he whispers into these guys' ears. You know. I, I, so is, is he? You know, he has dirt on all of these guys, and, and is he saying something super positive? Obviously, he doesn't want to take away from their moment, but you know, like you got to defend the shield. Is that, is that what he's saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah, protect the shield. Welcome to the league. Protect the shield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, does he whisper like, "I'll be coming for that paycheck if you do X again." <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so, g- getting on to the draft, it's like, it is a total crapshoot, right? It's, there is, there's a science to it, but then there's, it's not an exact science in that 50% of the time you're, you're wrong. So, I, I, I'm still amazed at how many teams get it wrong strategically. Like, from from my limited experience and from basically watching Belichick, there are like there are three rules, as far as I can tell. One, never trade up ever. It's like people get excited about particular individuals. They get captured. They get they like oh I want that individual, but you're going to give away. You're basically putting all your chips onto one person by having to give away future picks or other picks to get further up the draft to get them so it's like when the thing is so inconsistent when the absolute result of the draft is so inconsistent why would you reduce your actual chances of success by focusing in on on, an, on one person and trading up you're right I mean when you're talking about moving into what equates to a lottery pick right the top you know 10 13 picks um I don't think Belichick has done that in his tenure with the Patriots. He's traded up, you know, at the end of the first round. I think he traded up to grab Hightower um, and may have moved up in the Hernandez-Gronkowski draft to take one of those two. Um, But, again, those are later picks. Um, And and there was a really interesting rumor that was circulated this week that if Baker Mayfield had not gone number one, that Belichick was poised to offer the Giants, uh, both of the Patriots' first-rounders, both of the Patriots' second-rounders, um, to move into that position to take him. That seems like a complete you know, rumor mill generated specifically to fuck with the Jets. I don't think that you know, the, the Belichick, apart from never trading up, which you mentioned, he also doesn't draft quarterbacks that are under 
six one, which I think Mayfield is, or six two. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think that this seemed like a ruse. Uh, I don't think that two ones and two twos would have been enough to convince the Giants to part with Saquon Barkley. Uh, but he, he definitely, you know, loved to, to try to, you know, think that the Jets needed to, to trade up to get that pick themselves to grab the guy that they wanted, who wound up being Sam Darnold. Yeah. My second, my second rule that I've got is accumulate picks. So basically, uh, bite the fucking hand off anybody who does want to break rule number one. So if somebody wants to trade up, you just gouge their fucking eyes out when they come looking for the pick. And in those examples you've given of when the Patriots have traded up slightly, that's from a position of strength with accumulated picks over over years. Um, and, and thirdly, never lose sight of actual value. That's... Uh, I don't know, like a just like a waypoint or whatever of of understanding what what exactly a pick is worth, um, and Tom Brady being the, the the case in point of finding a diamond in the sixth round, right? So that's right. But you know, this, it's a very inexact science, and, and as great as Belichick has been at identifying talent and, and guys like Logan Mankins was a fantastic example of. Belichick took him at the end of the first round, and they ESPN didn't have his highlight package ready because they anticipated him going in like the third or the fourth round. Kuiper yeah. was just stunned. Mel Kuiper basically his hair sort of came down for a second <laughs> as, as he you know sort of had to regroup. Oh my goodness! They took Logan Mankins, and of course Mankins was a perennial Pro Bowler, and Belichick had him. You know, nailed, completely pegged. But guys like Chad Jackson were misses, and, and that that list is actually quite long. But uh, it's it's very inexact. But Belichick's a fantastic evaluator of, of late round talent, in particular. We are coming to you live from Dickers here on Thanksgiving Day, a day for giving thanks for. Or taking punishment from a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers! Favorite actor, Dennehy. Favorite drink, old dolls. Bears, hawks, socks, bulls. Say goodbye, look. In the safe shot city. Home Chicago! Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! The Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup! They've won the Stanley Cup! Open! Chicago with the lead! Go Bears! Yeah, so um, one thing that strikes me about all those rules, John, is that um, they're incredibly boring. They're not glamorous. <laughs> They're in no way what you would call fun or entertaining. So uh, let's uh, throw them out for a minute and uh, focus on the people that did go in the top five. Um, so Baker Mayfield is the first overall pick. Heisman Heisman Trophy winner, I think I'm right in saying. Yes. Um, as Jeff pointed shit, out on... Shit-talker extraordinaire. Shit-talker extraordinaire. As Jeff pointed out, uh, his name sounds like two feuding Appalachian families, which is... Uh, <laughs> which is great. Um, 
but just hitting on the point about the, the his height, which you, you mentioned, it's a I don't know whether it's an urban urban myth in the NFL that to see over your offensive line when the when the play has started, you need to be a certain height as a quarterback. Kind of there's as many like you take um, Mike Vick, you take uh, Russell Wilson. These aren't big guys, and they've they've had success. And Troy Aikman said on the draft coverage, he's six four. And he had trouble seeing over his, over his offensive line at times. So it's it's kind of a not really how much not really sure how true that is or how much it holds true. But what are the what are the thoughts on Baker Mayfield? He's certainly got onions. The guy has huge balls and uh, is a gamer and has shown he can win. Has shown he can make big throws. Uh, we'll see how his size does in the NFL. How he holds up. But I, I like the pick. I love the confidence that he shows. And, and, you know, people, because he's such a shit talker, because he got in trouble in college, people, and because he got drafted by the Browns, people have compared him to, to Johnny Manziel. Yeah. But he seems a lot more dynamic, um, a lot more grounded, a lot uh, more dedicated to football. Uh, and, and I know that John Elway was supposedly enamored with him and, and would have taken him at five had he been there. Uh, and other teams were very interested in him as well. So he was a little bit of a surprise. It sort of, you know, 24 hours leading up to the draft, um, it, it became, Shelly Schefter said that he was going to potentially be taken by the Browns, and all of a sudden the, 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 the betting lines on who was going to go number one shifted heavily towards Mayfield. So that kind of got leaked out. Um, but that was a surprise because if you had told told people two weeks before the draft he was definitely going number one, people would have been shocked. So that was interesting. So let's. Uh, what what is? I know the comparisons to Johnny Football are, are potentially unfair, but wasn't it Rosen was the more is deemed to be the more NFL ready quarterback, and wouldn't that have been the more conservative pick for a first time GM? or a new GM with the Browns trying to escape this this picture of a fucking organization that just is shoots from the hip and doesn't have any strategy to what they're doing and is just, as a result, going to be perennially in the shit. It, it would have been, but there are also a lot of red flags about Rosen. Uh, apparently, his, you know, his family, um, he comes from, from a family of doctors and he's had a couple concussions and his father knows a lot about neuro- I don't know if he's a neurologist, but but basically, is his family's concerned about, about his health? Uh, so that's one thing. Um, that if he you know takes a couple concussions, which are inevitable over an NFL career, uh, that he can walk away from the game early. Um, certainly, his his college coach Jim Ward Jr. threw him under the bus, called him a typical millennial, said he didn't have the attention span, wanted to know why all the time, and just didn't really buy in. And a lot of uh, you know. That, that, that raised some eyebrows. And then there was this random story that came out this week that uh, the, the one of the Brown, Alonzo Highsmith, who had played in the NFL, was in the uh, Los Angeles airport. Did you read about this? No, I didn't. And saw that, uh, that the UCLA volleyball team was on his flight or in the gate you know, next to him. And he walked over and talked to the coach and said, hey, you know, what do you guys hear about Rosen at UCLA? And he said, uh, you know, you should ask his girlfriend. She's right over there. And so oh, Heisman told this story at a uh, an equivalent of like a booster's dinner. I don't know if it was for season ticket holders, but there was some media there too. And 
And he left the story hanging right there. So he didn't say whether he spoke to the girlfriend, whether he looked over and she wasn't hot, and then that was... Scouts have certainly been known to judge on that and write people off based on his girlfriend's looks. He's a a little lacking in confidence. (laughs) (laughs) But he he basically said that that's why they wrote off Rosen was because of this weird interaction, which he never finished the story on. Yeah. so it was fascinating. <laughs> uh, that's the famous scene from Moneyball, right? It's like uh, where that is a, a baseball scout thing. If a guy has an ugly girlfriend, it's like, nah, doesn't 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 have the confidence for the big leagues. What about the Jets? Then the divisional pick is is uh, is Sam Darnold in the in the top five. Um, what do we what do we make of him? Are we are we in trouble in the in the AFC East? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I, I I don't really have too much to say about him. You know, he's he's a classic, you know, SoCal guy, big, good looking, big arm, you know. But we'll see. They're, they they seem to be a dime a dozen coming out of those schools. I mean, people certainly loved. You know, Matt Leiner, Mark, Mark Sanchez, uh, you know, I think he's just in that mold. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I did think the, the one interesting thing I saw online was that Josh McCown got a text from his daughter saying, like, did you know that this guy is like a year ahead of me? <laughs> Something like that. So, you know, essentially their incumbent quarterback has a daughter that is uh, just a year younger than Donald. <laughs> <laughs> That could make for some awkward locker room conversations, I'm sure. If uh, <laughs> if they're crossing pads at UC, UC, USC, um, the Giants at number two picked running back Saquon Barkley. Uh, just going back to the value point, picking a franchise quarterback or a left tackle or somebody who's going to play 12 years in the league, all well and good. Picking a running back, that chances are. They're going to be farted out of the league within three years because of the toll it takes on their bodies. What are the thoughts on on Barkley? Or is he just that good an offensive weapon to warrant the pick? I think he's that good. And my friends that are Giants fans uh, who live in the city... You do not have friends that are Giants fans. That's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I have former colleagues that I, I consider close friends uh, who are Giants fans and they're over the moon legitimately I mean, they, they think that he's the home run pick of the draft uh, and, and a lot of people have, have graded the Giants draft overall as, as the best uh, given him given them an A plus uh, and a lot of that hinges on his ability to stay healthy but he is explosive like few other backs coming into the league um, he's a little bit you know he's not Bo Jackson he's not Herschel Walker he's not that big uh, so that you know, may impact his durability, but but he is he could be a very special player. Yeah, you add, I suppose, uh, potentially a rejuvenated Eli under a new coach. Um, yeah, John's not buying that, but Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, we'll see. I lost a lot of money betting on the Giants uh, season over last year, uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm not. Gonna hold my breath this year and bank on Saquon to be their savior. What was that? Uh, six was that six wins? What was the what was the line? God, no, it was way higher than that. <laughs> you know, they made the playoffs the year before. I think it was at least nine and a half, if not ten. And you bet the over, you fool. I took the over, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
Um, just maybe hitting on one other story from the first round, John, uh, which was uh, Lamar Jackson doing his best Aaron Rodgers impression from 14 years ago and just uh, tumbling down the first round. I think the Ravens actually had to trade with the Eagles for the 32nd pick in the first round to actually get him. Um, other, but for that move, he would have surely slid into the into the second round. Um, as he as the picks went, and it was either a team that didn't need a quarterback or a team that had already drafted a quarterback, you could almost hear the typewriters going on the think pieces about like old stereotypes about black quarterbacks and the league. And what was the what's the general take on what's let me let me put it this way? What's the official line as to why Lamar Jackson fell, and what's your kind of uh, reading between the lines uh, version the official line is that he's inaccurate that he has a hard time even hitting guys in the flat which are supposed to be easy throws that, that he'll miss guys by three or four feet um, and, and as dynamic an athlete as he is that his accuracy problems will spell doom and turnover disaster in the NFL that's the official line uh, you know, I, I think that there are rumblings that, uh, you know, have you know, intense racial, you know, overtones that, that he uh, has a hard time um, understanding the playbook, uh, that, that he's basically not that smart. Um, so that, that I think, is, is a, a potential knock on him that, you know, could be very unfounded. It's interesting, the Patriots worked him out twice. Josh McDaniels went down. Um, to Louisville to, to work him out and put him through the paces once and then wanted to see another look and went back. And they had two chances at the end of the first round, which was kind of where he was slotted to go uh, to take him. And there was a lot of speculation that, that he would be a potential replacement for Brady, but the Pats did not pull the trigger. So I don't know whether that was a smokescreen or whether they were genuinely interested in him or just didn't weren't impressed enough. Uh, and also wanted to put a sort of vote of confidence in Brady as the starter for the next three, four years by taking an offensive lineman and a weapon in uh, Sony Michelle. But uh, they had a shot at him and, and passed. So interesting. Yeah, that's certainly well. Just get maybe maybe just one final point on Lamar Jackson is he was the 2006 Heisman Trophy winner? Am I right? or 2016? Am I right in saying so? The year before. So did he come back for a senior year and play again? Could he, he did. Yeah. He did. He did. And, and that's not uncommon uh, for, for players to win the Heisman and, and come back, particularly if, if they think that they can improve their draft stock. But he did not improve his draft stock. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, did not have – I don't know that he was even a Heisman finalist last year, but did not have quite the same numbers, had more turnovers, uh, still was – you know, put up big numbers, but – uh, was it was it the same quarterback he was in sixteen? Spill it's beef. It's not a hard shot, but it is. It's always a hard shot when the match depends on it. It missed it. It missed it. No, it's on the ground. It missed it. Well, and there goes the whistle for time. What a dramatic! Everybody got the head in the hand. And he's sure in tears, and in tears, he's a poor lad.
Come on, Cass, we'll be in. It goes from Peacock to Farrell. He's down a blind alley. Scalpthorpe takes over. Scalpthorpe's seen again. Scalpthorpe will score for Britain. This is the last play. Here is Long. And Long fancies it. Long fancies it. It's wide to West. It's wide to West. Dwayne West inside the joint. Joint, joint, joint. Just going on to the Pats then, getting specific on some of their picks, you've mentioned Isaiah Wynn and Sony Michel, uh, an offensive lineman and a running back, and really does look like a doubling down on uh, on Brady for at least one more year as the starter. So help help with projection and give him another give another another weapon now that um Okay, the name of the running back escapes me. <laughs> Who's, who's left? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, they they, they jettisoned uh, Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis. That's who I was thinking of. And Brandon Cooks. So they they need they needed another weapon for sure. Um, will Isaiah Wynn play tackle or guard, John? I think he'll play guard. Okay. Um, but we'll see what happens. You know, they, they acquired uh, this guy from uh, Green from from um, San Francisco, who's a little bit bigger. Uh, and, and I think can play tackle. So we'll see. I, I, I'm hopeful that they, they, you know, obviously got to keep Brady upright. The real head scratcher with the Pats was that there wasn't a splashy pick on defense. Um, they took, took Duke Dawson uh, in the second round yep. you know, as a cornerback, and then they wound up taking um, you know a couple linebackers later on. Uh, Juwan, somebody from Juwan Bentley from, from Purdue, and yeah. uh, Christian Sam from Arizona State. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, it, 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 that doesn't bother me. But but people on Sports Talk Radio in Boston who are always up in arms over something or another, <laughs> were, you know, oh the Eagles, you know, ran rough shot, and the Patriots have only lost players on defense, and you know, like, well, we also get Hightower back. <laughs> Who's the best player on defense? So that, that's going to help. So we'll, we'll see. I, I, I certainly trust Bill, and, and I, I'm hopeful that those guys uh, can contribute uh, at the very least special teams, but can, can contribute on this year. A couple of late round picks I wouldn't mind touching on, John. Um, Braxton Berrios, the wide receiver from from Miami, um, looks to be the next in a long line of New England slot receivers from uh, Welker to Edelman to, to Amendola. Um, so uh, no change to the to the basic formula, I guess, in, in New England from a receiving perspective. Um, Absolutely no, and, and, and you know he, he's he fits the mold. They, they found something that works. You know, PFT loves talking about uh, Belichick's affinity for uh, sort of undersized white wide receivers. Yeah, um, and, and hey. You know, it works, man. I can't can't knock the formula when it's just been insanely successful. <laughs> and the other one is uh, the the quarterback that they did draft, uh, Danny Etling from from LSU. Um, actually drafted later in the draft than Tom Brady was. So uh, this would be an even more remarkable story if this guy comes good. But what is the um, is this just a throwaway pick or a, a project player or what, what? What do we think of Danny Etling? 
guess is that he will not play out in the, the Garoppolo, Matt Castle back up to, you know, projected starter on another team. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think he has the skill set to do that, to be honest, but who knows? Very tough to tell. Uh, you know, SEC is a, the best conference out there. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, exposure to big-time football, but, uh, you know, was not a name in college and LSU underachieved uh, consistently during his time there. So I'm not that hopeful. Yeah, okay. Hey, John, I know you've got to go because you've got a tea time and it's the first nice weather day in Boston, but... Uh, what <laughs> Don't tell my office. I, my office does not know I'm playing hooky this afternoon. I was just going to ask, what has Mr. Trump been up to since we've... Um, since we've we've last chatted, there is not enough time in the day to discuss <laughs> what he has been doing. I think that you know the the, the latest news cycle has actually been dominated by Kanye West, <laughs> who yesterday said that uh, you know 400 years of slavery was actually a choice by black people, uh, which didn't didn't go over so well with um, uh, the, his his core audience of, of African-American listeners. You know, I was, I checked in on Kanye's Twitter last week and uh, it was a series of pictures of like basically rooms uh, that have like nice furniture or whatever, just like very simple. Um, then he had like little cartoons with his own quotes laid over them, like a, like a, like a Doonesbury or something, like a cartoon strip from a newspaper. And then he had screenshots of a text message conversation he was having with John Legend, uh, where where John Legend was basically telling him politely to cop the fuck on. Um, but um, I just it looked like somebody was having a, a breakdown on Twitter. Like that's what that's what it uh, that's what it looked like. Like fuck all this. Like oh he's avant garde. He's like a visionary. He's like the guy's fucking insane. Like it's, it's a mental break. I mean, I met him years ago. Uh, he was, you know, he was super nice. He actually came over to us at the Emmys after we had won. We were at the Mandarin Oriental, walking in to get cocktails, holding these two Emmy trophies that, that the company had won. And he came over to us and congratulated us, and was nothing but polite and complimentary and very normal, and seeming grounded. And then you see him on TV today, and his eyes are like, you know, he looks like a drug addict. He looks like somebody who's had a psychotic break. And there's a fair amount of evidence that that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, my favorite meme, though, after he said the whole dragon blood thing about uh, about Trump, is the you know the meme of Trump and the kid who's mowing the lawn. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, it's just like it's called dragon blood. You wouldn't understand. Only me and only me and Kanye have it. <laughs> oh man! Oh god, so fucking good. Well, what else is going on? for the Bruins tonight. Uh, they're, they're back home, game three against the Lightning. Uh, Celtics are up a game uh, in, in their series against Philadelphia, which is a fun one. Uh, south of Philadelphia, the 76ers were, were rivals in the, the Larry Bird, Dr. J days of the early and mid-80s. So this is a fantastic rivalry renewed. Um, Sox lost in extra innings last night, but uh, you know, man, they're continuing to just dominate, which is phenomenal. So just going to enjoy the weather and uh, enjoy the, the, the playoffs here in Boston. Nice one. John Boyd, great stuff as always. We'll, uh, we'll chat to you again very soon.
Thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, that's all we got time for. Don't forget to join the conversation on Twitter at SportsBeefPod. SportsBeef.net is the website. We're on Instagram, SportsBeefPod. Uh, yeah, that's it. Hey, until next time, take it easy. Good luck. Good luck.